Kamenetsky Brothers, it's the Lakers draft show here from the UCLA Health Training Center. The Lakers have taken all three of their picks tonight. Uh, in the first round, they put took uh, center from Michigan, seven-footer Mo Wagner. He is a shooter, a skilled European big man, comes from Germany, played three years uh, with the Maize and Blue, which is how Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson got familiar with him. Uh, shot almost 40% from three-point range last year. With the second, with their second pick, the 39th pick um, in the draft this year, they took Isaac Bamba. Technically, that's a pick Bonga. that was Bonga. Uh, that's, a sec- that's the pick that uh, Philadelphia, they acquired from the Sixers. Technically not their guy yet, uh, but he certainly profiles. Six foot ten, 180-pound small forward. Uh, skinny forward. <laughs> yes, yes. The SF stands for skinny, not small. Um, he seems like the kind of guy that will uh, spend a little more time in Europe eating before he comes over here. But then, uh, in the with the last pick, the 49th pick in the over in the draft of the second round, they took Svi Mikiluk, who is a four-year guy from Kansas. Average 14.5 points by way of the Ukraine. By the way of the Ukraine. Speaks three languages, Andy. Uh, Russian, Ukrainian, and English. And uh, averaged 14.5 points a game last year as a senior at Kansas. But more importantly, shot 44% from three-point range on some serious volume. Yeah, what what really stands out to me about that percentage is he averaged 6.5 threes a game. And that's a legit sample size in college. Oh, yeah, nothing fluky about that. Yeah, shorter periods. 6.5 is a legit amount. And he shot well three of the four years he was in college. This kid can shoot. Israel. Um, and so uh, Lakers general manager Rob Palenka is speaking with the media right now. And after he's done talking to them, he's going to come over here and speak with us. So uh, looking forward to that conversation with Rob Palenka. We'll find out exactly what they liked about the guys they took. Maybe if he'll let us take a peek into what their plans might be this summer. But Andy, so the big news, and we had Ramona Shelburne on early, earlier talking about it. Kawhi Leonard. The Spurs said no thank you when the Lakers tried to call. They didn't even say no thank you. They didn't even get to the part where they say, would you like? They just said, no, the way we're Ram- not taking your call. The way Ramona described this, the topic of conversation didn't even come up. The Spurs basically hung up that quick. Yes, uh, it was so not a lot going on on that front. Um, but coming out of that meeting with... Uh, Greg Popovich, Kawhi Leonard reportedly says, no, I still don't want to be here. And I'm going to tell, and this is significant, I'm going to tell anybody who trades, you know, acquires me this year, if the Spurs move me, that at the end of next year, I'm going to sign in L.A. And, you know, and Ramona told us that pretty much means the Lakers, not the Clippers. So the question becomes, Andy, if you know that, and last year the Lakers faced this situation a little bit with Paul George, where they said he's probably going to come here anyway, let's not give up anything to get him. And he may be coming. Knowing what you know now, would you put something into a Kawhi deal to get him and just make it so it's done and you know you're going to get him, you know you're going to keep him, and nothing weird can happen? Well, to me, the answer becomes yes if you think closing the deal with LeBron gets moved along, gets moved across the finish line quicker right. if Kawhi's already there. Yes. Like if, if, say, 30, 50 degrees of the ambiguity gets removed in your mind or just through communications, we'll call it. Uh, since we're so we not don't watching. tamper here anymore. No, we do not tamper we don't. here. There's a big this is, note that went out to everybody. No tampering across zone. Across the organization, there will be no tampering. Um, and so that's done. We're done with that. Yeah, after, after two tries, they said no more. Yes. Kimmel, the booker for Kimmel, called the, uh, the facility today and got a very similar response to the Lakers when they called the Spurs to ask about Kawhi Leonard. But if you get indications that bringing in Kawhi Leonard 
could be the thing that pushes it over the top for LeBron, where this goes from being a choice between L.A. and Cleveland and just how does LeBron break it to Cleveland that he's leaving, then yeah, maybe you do give up a little bit more than you would ideally just to get those type of guarantees with, uh, with LeBron eventually. What I think, though, is really interesting about this, though, is if I'm San Antonio, I'm not making a decision on this at all until I see what Paul George does. And it's for two reasons. First domino. First domino for me is actually going to be Paul George for two reasons. First, I want to get an indication of, am I actually going to be helping the Lakers build a super team in my conference? And then in turn, I have to try to sell to fans who will be upset about this why we eventually made this move to help the Lakers get better, which could affect how much we actually ask for. Because the optics of that aren't good. But also, too, I want to see what Paul George does because... We're hearing some reports some, you know, from legit people that he is weighing staying in OKC, that this is actually a real decision for him, and that the Thunder made a great impression on him during this one season. And if Paul George actually decides to stay in OKC, then maybe San Antonio feels like, you know what, some other teams around the league may be less reluctant to trade for Kawhi and give up some decent pieces. Because regard- the Lakers won't right. be as appealing. Right. Well, regard- well, not even just because they won't be as appealing, just because guys say certain things in the moment. Right. But then after a year passes, if you're in a good situation, you may realize, you know what, well, I, I that, like it That here. applies maybe to a trade to Boston. It applies to a trade to Philly. Philly or something like that. It probably doesn't apply to some random deal to Orlando. Sure, but you get more options if you're San Antonio, if that... It- if that potential right. exists. The part that I think is, is that San Antonio really has to weigh. If you take Kawhi at face value and say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I'm going to go to Los Angeles as a free agent. You're, not only is obviously he's doing that to try to force your hand, and you're, you're lowering his trade value around, so you're not going to get great offers from, from someone else. You know, maybe you get a team that's on the front edge of things like Oklahoma City that's willing to take a shot, but some of the really bad teams that might have good young assets that you want aren't going to do that. Boston probably isn't going to break up their team if they think Kawhi's not, if Kawhi's not going to stay. They're certainly not going to give Jalen Brown or something like that to, to San Antonio in that way. So if he's devaluing himself and you think he's going to come anyway, if you don't make the Lakers pay something, you're actually getting the worst of both worlds. Kawhi's going there anyway, and you didn't make them weaker well, look, in the event, process. Eventually, the, the Spurs might decide that they want to get something for Kawhi. But again, I wait because the potential upside of what you can get for Kawhi increases a lot if Paul George happens to stay in OKC, and it far outweighs whatever downsides come from feeling like you're trading with a gun to your head, because that's where you would have been anyway. So the potential upside is much greater if Paul George happens to stay with the Thunder. Yeah, no question. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, it's the Lakers NBA draft show live from the UCLA Health Training Center. Uh, we are expecting to hear from Rob Palinka, Lakers GM, momentarily. Uh, I think he's still speaking to or may have just finished up his time with the media, so we'll hear from him shortly. Um, the big news tonight from an NBA standpoint, is kind of the lack of news. The draft was done with very few trades, uh, even among draft picks. Not a lot happened, and I think that's an indication that everybody is kind of waiting to see what happens this summer. And so, you know, in that regard, you know, the Lakers are still in a good position because nobody suddenly jumped into the sweepstakes of having a bunch of cap space. Nobody became a player, and the Lakers are still in a really great spot. Um, and 
coming to – come on up. Come on over. Uh, joining us right now, a guy who's been very busy over the last few weeks and months and now maybe can take – a little bit of a, a deep breath, Rob Palenka, Lakers general Doesn't manager. Doesn't seem like a guy about to take a deep breath. No, <laughs> I, I think the work will will continue deep into the night uh, up until July 1st. But you at least have to be happy that you drafted a Michigan guy. <laughs> I will forever be accused of uh, Wolverine uh, favoritism <laughs> with uh, Mo Wagner, but we're excited about it. You know, Magic um, and I, I think, and Luke, re- we really want to stand for certain things here in terms of how we want to build this team and at the top of it is um, guys with extremely high basketball IQ um, that can shoot, that have versatility, that can make smart um, passing decisions in Luke's system. And the more we studied uh, Mo Wagner, um, just his leadership and in, in, in leading Michigan to two Final Fours and um, – just his charisma. You know, he came into the gym for his, uh, his, his workout with us, and you felt like he raised the roof. He just has this um, competitive nature and toughness about him. Um, we're really thrilled to get him, uh, even though Magic had to overcome a Spartan uh, selecting a wolf. How much arguing was there between you guys <laughs> as far as selling him on this? I mean, it's ultimately the final call. You know what? It's interesting. He is the final call, and this was one of his favorite players. So it, it, there wasn't really convincing. <laughs> you know, he, he was just really excited. Well, favorite players at 25, obviously the draft. But I mean, just know, overcoming the Michigan right. of it all. He must I, really I, like I, this I, guy. And I hear he made a habit of just beating on Sparty over the course of his time at Michigan. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. No, it, the, the jokes I'm sure will continue between Mo. Mo is an outspoken, high-spirited guy. You'll love to interview him. Our fans are going to love him. He plays with tons of energy so it's it's gonna be good so for laker fans that aren't familiar with his game how would you describe what his strengths are how he'd fit in with luke once what are the areas he may need to improve a little bit well we definitely wanted to add shooting in the draft and he's probably the best three-point shooting big so he stretches the floor when you have lonzo and kuzma and brandon ingram and josh hart and guys that are slashing um you need floor spacers right and so he opens up the floor uh, he's an incredible passer, um, just has a feel for the game. Um, he runs the floor really well, so when Zoe's pushing the ball, he'll get out on the break. Um, just a, you know, just a, a versatile player that, that Luke Magic and Jesse Buss and the scouting department, we all loved. Um, in, in the, with your last pick at 49, you guys took a guy who reportedly had a great workout in Speed McKeelick. Uh, the thing I think is interesting there, though, he continues this trend. He's a four-year guy at Kansas, shoots the ball really well, seems to have a lot of different skills. But uh, Wagner was a three-year guy. Uh, Kuzma was a three-year guy Josh at Utah. Hart's Josh Hart years. was a four-year guy at Villanova. At this point, it seems like a trend. What about those guys who have stayed in college for so long appeals to the organization? You know, we're trying to have a culture of excellence here. And, you know, one of the things that, that Magic and I and Luke are really proud of is, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, um, just the work that Lonzo and Kuz and Josh are putting into their bodies this summer. I mean, I think the rock I saw Lonzo was, yeah, flexing out. Lonzo was like, yeah. you know, yoked and, and we challenged all the guys to go from, you know, Hey, I'm a rookie to now I got a pro body. And I think Lonzo took this very seriously. He took it very seriously. Uh, and it's, it's kind of forming that DNA of what it means to be a Laker and putting in the hard work. And, um, 
those guys that have been in college for a couple of years mm-hmm. and aren't used to getting everything easy just kind of fit in that um, nature for us and the fabric of the direction we're trying to build. And so you're right. There's a trend, but it's for a reason. And um, we want basketball players here. We want guys that love the game more than they love maybe being famous. Let me ask you something about that, though, because when you talked about that Laker DNA and, and guys who understand what it means to be a Laker, that sometimes gets joked about as a cliche. I know Brian and I have made jokes about that before. But when you explain it to younger players or to a draft prospect how do you explain what it means to be a laker you know of course there's there's the the championship excellence but you know kobe and and magic talk all the time about you know what they felt like when they literally put the purple and gold jersey on they said it was like superman putting on the s thing i mean there was just such a power feeling associated with it and a sense of responsibility i think that had gotten a little bit lost maybe after kobe retired um and we've wanted to restore that pride like hey there's a sense of responsibility when you put that jersey on the amount of work you want you need to put in and your commitment to greatness if you want to come here and be half-hearted about what you do you, you don't belong on this team Lakers general manager Rob Palenka joining us. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's a Lakers draft special on ESPN LA. Where's the balance between looking back and reminding people of the culture, of the success, and not leaning on that too much because, you know, Showtime, as brilliant as it was, doesn't help players win now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, listen, you're you're exactly right. We, we, We can celebrate the past, but you can't live in the past, right? So I think for us, um, there is no question that Jeannie Buss has has set the goal for Magic and Luke and I to win a championship here. Like, we, the Lakers don't just show up to play the game and be good. Like, we need to find a path to a championship. And we feel like we're uniquely situated with this great young core of guys where we added a couple tonight and then the ability to hopefully add in free agency some marquee free agents either in July 2018 or 2019 where we have the best of both worlds. That's how we feel. And you guys have done a, spent a lot of time and I think had a lot of success changing some of the narrative around the team and changing the way people talk about the team around the league. How much do you need to find success in free agency this summer to kind of continue validating that message? You know, we have a sense of urgency in one thing, and it's winning championships. Um, until we get there, we won't rest. We just won't. We're committed to getting there. Whether it happens this July or next July, that we can't control. But what we can control is the hard work we put in, making sure that the players that we have are developing their games and are committed to being the best versions of themselves. The decisions of free agents are 100% up to them. They're not up to us. But we're going to continue to put the Lakers in the best, strongest light where we feel like players want to be here and be a part of what we have. And that validation comes from the outside world. It can't come from me or Magic or Genie or Luke saying, oh, we've done a great job. It has to come from the outside. And the feedback we're getting from the outside is unanimously wow there's a direction there there's an energy there there's a young core there's flexibility we see the vision that's actually what i wanted to ask you about when it comes to this young core because over the course of this year i've noticed a lot whether you're talking about people we hear from on on air at espn la or twitter polls that we've done 
there is a real attachment that has grown from fans for this young core that you have right now in ways that I think they did not expect when the season began. Hmm. And I was wondering along those lines, what was your expectation for this young core when the season began? And how much, if at all, did they exceed it? Great question. You know, I I think if you go back to the interviews I did at the beginning before um, the start of last season, I said the one thing I can guarantee is not the number of wins, but I can guarantee that this is going to be an incredibly fun team to watch, number one. And number two is that we're going to play hard every night. And I think that those two things turned out to be true. And that's why our fans became so engaged with our young core because these guys compete. They play hard. It's fun to watch. Um, Those things are all good, and we're not going to settle on those things. We still need to win a championship for our fans. But you can feel the energy, the attraction. And growing with something is a really fun journey or ride. It's almost, I've said before, like a – the new musical artist who comes on the scene and drops their first song. And you're like, wow, that person is destined for stardom. And then you see the whole arc of that. You see all the albums, all the songs, all the concerts, and you grow up with that artist. That's kind of how our fans feel about this team and why we're so excited for the future. When you guys, and I know you guys plan for every scenario. You've got flow charts. And if this happens, we're going to do this and, and all the options. Do you, does it become harder for you guys as a front office to potentially say, Oh, well, we can move this guy for player X if he becomes available or all that as you see them grow. And is there a similar kind of emotional connection that you make in the front office to these young guys that fans might make as well? No question. I mean, at the end of the day, you always have to do what's best for the Lakers to win a championship, that you have to keep that in mind. You just, you, you do. But the human side of things is always absolutely there. And I've talked about, we did a trade at the trade deadline where we, um, you know, traded two players that that we loved. And I remember the night that we did that trade, it was like one in the morning when it got finalized and I was in a hotel room and I just couldn't even sleep. I was like, wow, it's just a kick in the gut because these are people's lives, right? And you're making decisions about, about their future. So there is that human element to everything. Um, but at the end of the day, you always have to remind yourself that this job is about one thing. It's about it's about winning a title. Lakers general manager Rob Palenka joining us. Kamenetsky Brothers, it's the Lakers NBA draft show. The hard, one of the hardest leaps, they say, in the NBA is making that jump from you know, 35, 36, 37 wins to 48, 49, 50. Where, what are the things that need to happen here for that jump to happen? You know, I think um, we need a game closer. You know, Luke's talked about that, just someone in the fourth quarter. How many games were we in last year where you're, you just feel like you're right there and if you could just have someone? And does that game closer become someone from our core that steps up and grows into that role, or is it a free agent that we add? But we know we need that, just um, kind of that alpha dog leader that you know when the game's on the line, that player's going to step up and make a play. Do you have anybody right now? I mean, I, I know you can't talk about potential free agents, but do you – Unless you want to, which would be amazing we're, news we're, for us. But. Keep, we saw the news today. We are going to keep you out of trouble. Don't worry about but it. But as far as guys who are on the roster, is there anybody that you see as close to that potential closer? You know, I think I think all of the guys have a chance. I think, um, I think Kyle Kuzma has a alpha dog mentality about him. He really does. I think uh, Brandon Ingram wants to grow into that space. Um uh, you know, Lonzo loves to get everyone else involved. 
You know, I don't think he's that guy who's going to say, hey, this is all about me. But in different ways, I think all the guys could grow and in, grow into a role like that. But that's a, that's essential in the NBA. We saw it in the playoffs this year, where you know a series is going to come down to that guy making that play when it needs to be played for a team to advance. And Brandon, to me, is the guy that's really the most fascinating on the roster because I don't think we know yet what what he's going to be as a player. But you know he's going to be something, and there are like four or five different roles or type of players that you can imagine him being so like the idea of trying to guide him i guess sort of to the right spot or to the right role you know what will be his prime function secondary it seems like it's an exciting prospect for you guys as a front office brandon ingram is like the the prototype um modern nba player he's long he's athletic he can score he can defend he can play the one the four the three the two i mean He's got the entire gift set to to be an elite, elite player in the NBA. And the one thing that we challenged him to commit to was just developing his body. And you know, I've been talking to him every few days, and he says he's in the kitchen getting stronger. And um, we can't wait to see the results of that when he comes back. You know, with the team here, getting ready for the season. Yeah, it'd be nice if he, he somehow combine weightlifting and eating at the same time, like <laughs> pallets of food or something right. like that. It'd be great. I know it's been a really busy night for you, Rob. We really appreciate you taking yeah. the time, uh, Lakers general manager Rob Palenka. Congratulations on a very successful evening. Thank you. Great to see you guys and have you here. All right, All thanks, right. Rob. See you. All right, Thank so you. we'll uh, we'll come back. And we'll kind of wrap up what's going on with the the Lakers draft, and we'll remind everybody who they've taken. The big news around the NBA today that was Lakers general manager Rob Palenka. This is the ESPN LA Lakers draft special. A lot of really interesting stuff from Rob Palenka talking about tonight's draft. The Lakers take Mo Wagner with the twenty fifth pick. Uh, big shooting skilled center played three years at Michigan shot almost 40% from three point range last year. Uh, in the second round they took with their first selection, um, Isaac Bonga, Isaac Bonga, um, small forward, probably going to be a stash. Um, definitely going to be a project if nothing else to put some muscle right. on his frame. Six ten, one eighty. That is skinny. Yes. <laughs> so they need to work on that. Uh, the Lakers officially do not, uh, have him you know, on their roster or his rights yet because he, uh, the, the, the trade with Philadelphia hasn't been completed. And then with the last pick that they had on the night, the 49th pick of the draft, they took, um, Svee, Oh, give me his last name. McKeelick. McKeelick from Kansas. Four-year guy. Shot 44% from the uh, three-point line last year. Led the Big 12 on almost 260 attempts. So this is not a flip. Six and a half per game. This kid can really shoot. Um, His last three seasons with Kansas, 40% from behind the arc, 40% from behind the arc. 44%. 44%. So this kid can absolutely hit it from three. Lakers pick up experience. They pick up some shooting. Um, and overall, I think an interesting night, a strong night. We don't know really if any of these guys, Andy, are going to be good players, great players, or bad players. At this point, though, it's fair to say that the Lakers scouting department has earned the benefit of the doubt you know, as these guys go into summer league and into their rookie years, particularly after last year when we saw how good that class well, was. Well, also, too, I mean, the scouting department knows what it wants. Because, I mean, you and I don't know anything about Mo Wagner, and we truly know nothing about uh, Isaac Bonga or uh, Svila McKeelook. But we know what they do well. And everything that they do makes sense for this team. So there's no, even if we don't know Mo Wagner, there's nothing about him that makes you go, all right, it's not only does he seem a little bit higher than he was in some mock drafts, you look at his strengths and you're like, what? 
Like, this doesn't really make sense for what the Lakers say that they want or need. He absolutely makes sense. Same thing with McKeelook. He, he makes sense for what they want. Uh, let's see here. The, the Lakers uh, have apparently signed a two-way contract with Malik Newman, an undrafted guard from Kansas. So he's agreed to a, a two-way contract. He knows McKeelook. Right. They, they keep drafting guys who seem like they might know each other. That from uh, Shams over at Yahoo. So, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, this Tonight what they did, with the exception of Bonga, continued that trend of the last couple seasons where the Lakers take guys who have been in, in college for three years, for four years, who show up with a versatile skill set and experience, maturity, and seem ready to contribute relatively quickly, particularly for second-round guys. And Rob Palinka, when we had him on, talked about Un, you know, wanting guys who can come in and play basketball and can come in and understand the responsibility that they want to put on people for playing for this organization. It's not a question of hearkening back to the glory days necessarily, but understanding that responsibility. Yeah, you say responsibility. My, my favorite part of the interview, and I thought the most illuminating, is I asked Rob Palinka, you know, people say all the time what it means to be a Laker. It's a phrase that gets taught around. This guy knows what it means. And sometimes it feels like a cliché. So I asked it's, him, like, it's to some degree it is. It is, right, sure. sure. But I asked him, how do you define that? Or how do you explain that to the rookies from last year or to a draft prospect that you're interviewing him? And he said, one of the things you bring up is the responsibility that comes with wearing that jersey. And I'd never actually heard it phrased like that before. Like, you have a responsibility to the franchise. You know, beyond the history, beyond what people consider Lakers exceptional, anything like that, it's just... There's a responsibility of being associated with this franchise that, frankly, is not there for other ones. And I thought that was a really the interesting way of putting of, it. The expectations of the organization, the expectations of fans, that this team, this five-year run that they've had out of the playoffs, 20-something wins a game, if that many, in a good year they've gotten. It was the, the 17 the one year. That's not okay. Nobody thinks that's okay. And, you know, that, you know, in Orlando, you can get by being good every fifth year. Can't do that here. And I think what uh, Rob Palenka talked about was they're working really hard to restore the expectations of success here and on making sure kid, that the kids they bring in get it. Well, you saw it, though, last year, too, because th- this team won 35 games. But they spent the last month and a half with a lot of important guys injured. Everybody was and there. often playing with a skeleton crew. And you're not making excuses, but that matters. This team won 35 games under those circumstances, which is a nine-game jump from the previous season. That's a really significant jump without adding an all-star. And oh, yeah. it, just, it just lets you realize just how much progress this team's been making. Hey, we, we are, this is exciting. We're going to finish the show tonight talking to Lakers head coach Luke Walton, who was mopping his brow on the way here, probably because he thinks we're, we're going to just ask him all the really hard questions. Hold your feet to the fire. We, we're making you nervous? Are you okay? I'll be okay. I'm all a little right. nervous, but I'll be okay. What do you do on draft night? What's your role in this process? Well, I like to be involved in it. You know, ultimately, it's the, uh, the scouting department led by Jesse Buss and, and Magic and Rob. Um, but the way we like to work together uh, and talk about different things, um, I give my opinion. And then they make the final decision. But I try to come to as many pre-draft workouts as I can. I go to Chicago to meet with the players. Um, I'm, I, I really like 
the idea of being part of building the culture from from everybody's uh, different uh, you know views and opinions. Uh, so I give in this part of it, I give my opinion, and then they make the final call. So first round, you guys take with the twenty five pick uh, Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner um, from uh, by, Michigan. Michigan by way of Germany. Mm-hmm. What, what did you like when you saw him? Uh, there's a lot to like. Uh, the thing that stood out the most, which was just sitting in a room with him in Chicago, uh, was the way he communicated, the energy he had, you know, sitting in front of a room full of people you don't know, uh, including Magic Johnson being one of them, and it's the Lakers. Uh, he, he owned the room, and he, he was smiling the whole time, a lot of energy, basketball questions. Um, you know, we asked him about our players. He could tell us about them and the way they played, their strengths, weaknesses. Uh, so that was the first thing that really impressed us about him. And then he came and worked out for us twice. And in those workouts, he was the way he competed, the way he would set screens, the way he would run the floor, um, the way he could shoot the ball uh, in the post. Anytime a cutter was open, it was on him. He, he's a, a brilliant passer. So there's a lot of the skills uh, that we value here that he has uh, as a big man. And it just felt like the, the right call. Talking to Lakers head coach Luke Walton on the uh, L.A. Lakers draft special here tonight at the uh lakers facility in el segundo you know he's a three-year guy at michigan you took a four-year guy in speed mckeelick in the second round you've taken a lot of those guys with some experience as a coach is that a preference that you have if you can bring a guy in who's had that college experience and is maybe a little bit more developed it's different i think so you know team to team where you're at in in the in the process um for me, yeah, I love it. You know, I love if you tell me a player has played for a great program and a great coach for, you know, three, four years. Look at Josh Hart for us last year, what he was able to do as a rookie. Um, you know, I think there's a, a big advantage to that. And, you know, that's not the the, the marker for whether or not we're going to take you or not. Um, but from when I'm forming my opinion, I like I like intelligent players that uh, have been coached well, and we got a couple more of those guys tonight. One of the common themes we kept hearing during the exit interviews this year was this being the most important summer of Lonzo Ball's life, of Kyle Kuzma's life, all these young guys, how important this offseason was. We keep seeing photos of Kyle Kuzma clearly has been lifting. Like Lonzo looks like a professional wrestler at this point. He's put on so much muscle. Flexing out. What? <laughs> From your perspective, what does that mean to you when you when you see that type of work in this short amount of time that they've been off? Well, it means a, a few things. It means one that they are um, they're disciplined and they want to be great. Uh, it means the culture that we're setting up is working. Um, it's not like we're on the phone with Kuzma every day saying, "Hey, come in tomorrow, come in tomorrow." It's him calling our strength coach and being, "Hey, I want to lift at six a.m. tomorrow," and one of the strength coaches coming in to work him out. And then it's him coming back again at noon to do his on-court stuff and then come back again later that night, um, which means that, you know, that's what you want. You want self-motivated players, and you want to create the culture that they want to come in and work, um, and it, it's working right now. It's I mean, every single day if you come in our gym, you'll see players, whether it's Josh Hart, Kuzo, you know, even IT was here tonight. Uh, getting shots up he's been coming in and lifting weights uh everyone messing around with with each other and uh you know julia still training every day uh is exactly what we're looking to have here and we know that if we can just we continue to do that and those are the habits that we've created and built and that becomes who we are 
it's only a matter of time before our, our guys continue to, to get better and get better, and, and we're back in the picture. Last thing for you, Luke, and we're talking to Lakers head coach Luke Walton. You know, you talk about these guys coming in and the work that they're doing. I mean, obviously we know that there's the potential, at least, for a lot of change in what this team looks like between now and the fall. How do you approach that, you know, that reality, and then how do you help the players understand that reality too in terms of, of what they're doing over the summer well we approach it um my staff and i as if we're getting nobody like it's our job to have our team ready to play next year and we know there's certain players that we will have next year and, and we need to get them uh we need to get them playing at the the highest level possible uh to hit you know the the standard and the goals that we we want to reach next season um and then that's that's the message and that's how we approach every day and, and obviously if stuff happens in the off season uh then there's different talks happening there are different goals that you know are now in play um there's different roles for people but as of now it's all about look this is what we have and we're going to be good enough no matter what happens you get a day off any time off or anything that you can relax no. after this at all or well it's there's <laughs> tomorrow i guess i'll take tomorrow off maybe i don't know um but we've been coming in every day but it's it's not it it doesn't feel like coming into work you come in and i'm telling you that the energy in the building you walk in the music's blasting three people are in the weight room covered in sweat three people are on the court uh going as hard as they can go um and you know that's that doesn't really feel like it feel like work it's something i would i would do uh even if I wasn't employed here. Well, if you take half a day, enjoy it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Luke, thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, guys. All right, so that's uh, Lakers head coach Luke Walton, um, and it's it's been an exciting night, and the Lakers, they ended up taking all three of the guys with the picks that they had. That sort of surprised people. weren't sure, might there be a trade? They might jump up in the first round, whatever it might be. No big trades, Andy, across the NBA. So the landscape before the draft looks exactly the same as it did after the draft, and that means a lot of conversation centered around the Lakers. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. All right, so the next few weeks are going to be filled with free agency and uh, trade talk. Everything revolves kind of around the Lakers Everything as it should. around the Lakers. Return as. to the natural order. That's exactly right. All right, so that's it for uh, us tonight from the UCLA Health Training Center. Kamenetsky Brothers, this is the NBA Draft Special on ESPN LA.